Hello, you're listening to Freelance Mum, the mother of all juggling acts, with me, Faye Dicker. And me, Laura Rawlings. Good morning and welcome to the Freelance Mum Class Assembly. And I'm very pleased to say that joining me on Class Assembly this morning is head teacher Mrs. Lisa Brown from Redmaids High Junior School. Um, Laura and I will be speaking to her this morning about building resilience in our children. But first of all, Lisa, I think it's really important to start by asking, how was your lockdown experience? Well, I think like many people, um, it was a bit of a surprise. Um, and uh, I had lots of challenges working from home, but I am very fortunate in that I have a very nice house. I have a garden. Um, I also have older children. So they didn't need to be looked after, as lots of other people were very much challenged, particularly with the, the parents that I have in the school community were very challenged by having to work full time from home and then look after younger children. So um, I think, despite it all, I think I was quite fortunate. So um, we've managed to keep going and I was allowed to go out because I could go to the key worker school which I really enjoyed, to be fair. It was nice to be able to get out uh, and mix with the children and a little bit of routine. So for me, I think I've been lucky. <laughs> I know school is, a, is about more than the building itself, but um, what does it feel like to have them back? Um, it's, it's wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me, yes, the school is about the children in it. Uh, it's um, rather desolate. In the holidays here you come in you can get lots of work done which is good um, but <laughs> to be fair it, the school is about the children skipping down the corridors uh children laughing uh interaction communication is key um so really miss them and in fact yesterday we, we had all the girls in they uh, come back today fortunately everyone's here um but we've also the parents i miss the parents actually because normally we're a very open door school the parents come in with the children in the morning they see them in the classrooms we communicate with them but we're actually having to say please could you stay outside of the school so that's different as well so even though there's a buzz of the children we don't have the buzz of the parents and that feels a little bit different as well but everyone's being very respectful and uh, following the rules the girls this morning in the garden we had the garden open at eight and they have to play in allocated areas and they're so good. They don't go across the line. They're not allowed in a boarded role. They play football, so they're allowed to kick the ball around. Um, and they had to. They had to ask the other year group, "Please, could you kick it back?" <laughs> so um, they're really lovely. Um, you know, following the rules and trying to make it work for everybody. It's funny because so I'm pleased to see everybody. As a mum myself of two girls at junior school age, I mean. T sending your children to school is always a big deal um, but never before have the, I felt that the teachers have got such a position of responsibility um, not only are they teaching the girls but it's they're making them feel safe and they're creating an environment where they can be children still be children in a safe way and some of those children are going to be feeling very nervous we've all had a different experience during lockdown and it's creating that environment where they can flourish, they can feel confident. It sounds like you're doing that in so many lovely ways at Redmaids, like you say, in, in football, kicking that ball backwards and forwards. How are you able to do that in the classroom as well? Um, well, um, we're fortunate in the junior age group, really the, the government guidance is 
is that the children within their year group bubbles can interact um, and share resources. Um, and so it's slightly different. The desks have to be in lines and forward facing. It's a bit old fashioned really in the, the way perhaps it used to be. Uh, but the girls quite like that because it's novelty, isn't it? Something quite different. Um, and so the set of the classroom is slightly different, but to be honest with you, good teaching is about the charisma of the teacher. It's about dynamics in the classroom. It's about questioning. You can bring fun in very easily with what you're doing. So uh, it, it's quite normal actually when you're teaching a lesson, which is great um, and really good. Uh, we can't swim. That's one thing we can't do this morning. So year three should be swimming this morning. So they're doing a, a carousel of activities. They're having um, a basic orienteering lesson in the playground, but it's made, being made fun with countries. We're doing a bit of uh, languages with them as well. So we're just doing some different activities that perhaps will enhance them in different ways for the moment before we can get them back into the pool and swimming. So it's being imaginative and creative, really, with, with what you're offering. Can I ask, I wonder what sort of things you might be looking out for or parents are looking out for as well. Possibly some of these issues have arisen during lockdown, but I'm thinking, you know, there'll be several things. It could be anxiety. It could be things around body image. I don't know. You tell me. But for the age group that you're with, I know your ear will be, you know, attuned to making sure that everyone is okay and spotting signs that they might not be. And I think parents want to learn how to spot any signs or potential things as well. So could you share with us a little on that? Well, I mean, that's our duty of care at all times, safeguarding children. And then safeguarding children is very much about their mental health and their well-being uh, as much as it is their physical being. And usually they're all intertwined, to be fair. Um, it's, you can't really put something in one category because it's usually uh, a number of things that contribute. Um, I mean... It is about knowing the children, building relationships. It's all about communication. Um, it's being observant uh, and with the, the girls. And we are, I think we're pretty good. We've got quite a lot of good support staff as well who nurture the girls. We've got smaller classes so that we know them very well. But really we're looking for perhaps changes in behavior um, and how they're presenting themselves. Um, it's just noticing that well, one girl this morning came in and she looked a bit glum and I said, oh, what's the matter? Um, and she, she'd forgotten a pencil case. And of course, at the moment, they're not allowed to share resources. Um, and it's just picking up on that clue. And I said straight away, I said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll find you a pencil for the day and it'll just be quarantined for the next 72 hours. And then the relax, she relaxed and she smiled and she was off into school. But it's, it's picking up on all the little things that perhaps you, you haven't noticed prior to that because they've been at home maybe they're not as social as they were before um, not so we'll just be looking talking uh, we have uh, scheduled lessons of PSHE where we'll be talking about things we'll be talking about how they feel which is really good to try and verbalize things but it's also looking at what's not said so um, nonverbal communication so it's, it's a whole toolkit, really. As a parent, I think the best advice that I, I could offer is to try and keep communication open all the way through, uh, even when it's quite tricky in teenage years. I have two very much older children. But enabling them to just be, 
be able to talk and tell you anything. Sometimes it's too much information, I have to say, but it's, it's have that communication channel open uh, that they feel that they can tell you things is really very important. But we are very mindful coming back in that there will be some children whose experience of lockdown, uh, the time that we were uh, obviously not in school, will not have been uh, as good as others. And so, so they're coming back perhaps to a safe place here as well. I was um, having a look this morning about resilience and I was trying to find a definition of resilience or something nice that kind of summed I'm up. Afraid I'm afraid. Okay. Let me know I if you repeat sorry that's fine <laughs> I was thinking about resilience this morning and I was thinking about what does resilience look like and I was almost imagining um explaining resilience to my six-year-old it's like having like a like a waterproof coat isn't it that allows something it's not that bad things happen it's not that you're not going to get wet but it's that um it doesn't necessarily need to penetrate all the way through and I found this lovely quote and I'll read it and it says, resilience is the ineffable quality that allows people to be knocked down by life and come back stronger than ever. And I just wondered, how do you teach resilience in your girls? How do you teach resilience in children? Well, it's, um, it's actually a culture within the classroom. It's a culture of being willing to have a go um, and knowing that you may not be able to do it yet but you keep trying again. I don't know, um, I have actually played the sport and there's a, 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 I think it's Walt Disney, The Rescuers, I don't know whether you remember the film, The Rescuers, it was an animated cartoon from years ago and there's an albatross in there and uh, he has to learn to take off. Um, and if you watch it, it's very funny. And because uh, quite often he can't take off, he runs down the runway and can't take off with his little mice passengers. And uh, his, his quote is, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So I have, I have talked to the children about that sort of thing as well. It's having a sense of humor. It's about being kind to yourself, forgiving yourself when perhaps uh, you haven't got something right first time. And trying to explain, we explain to the children, we'd often do open-ended math uh, projects, for example, where there's not a definitive answer. You have, and you do a huge amount of maths work on a page and you've made terrific progress in the way you work, the way you think, actually you don't have the answer after half an hour that's just fine um, and it's it's building that into the curriculum we do a lot of outdoor education which supports this terrifically actually um, going out and learning to use a uh, you know, double-ended paddle for for kayaking it's quite a lot of coordination for a year four to manage um, it's about going into a cave and they switch all the lights off and it's dark and some children really don't like that um, but they, they learn to deal with it and muster themselves, as you said, to build that resilience and think, well, actually, I can do that. I've done it. Um, I've done the same myself. And uh, it, it's good to learn as an adult, actually, to understand how the children feel. So um, later years, I went back to then the piano. So that reminded me I really did need to practice. Um, I, um, my husband's taken me out uh, mountain biking many times and uh, to start with I have to confess I felt physically sick when we used to go um, but now I can do it um, I'm still the one at the back always at the back and take my time but um, and I'm never going to be on the red, red ones but I do actually enjoy it loving out in the forest in the woods uh, so it's good as an adult actually to put yourselves in those feelings um, of feeling 
outside of your own comfort zone. It's very easy to stay in your comfort zone as an adult. Um, so it's a salient reminder to remember how that feels for a child. Um, I can remember studying as well later on and having your work given back to you um, and that feeling of what's mine going to be uh, compared to it. So it's understanding and having empathy for how the child feels in the classroom is really very important as a teacher and as a parent as well actually it's really important to have that. I know I was listening carefully I don't think I heard you use the word fail or the word failure and I think that's really interesting because when I was at school it was certainly you know you either passed or you failed you were either at the top or you weren't um, and actually it can stop you from trying stuff that you haven't you have no idea if you'd excel at any of that because you ha you're scared you're going to fail or you weren't the best at it and I think that's I think that's really interesting that you didn't you know you didn't say that you said yet instead you can't do it yet but you would you know building in the hope yes, that you will be able to if you try it yes yeah it is about trying and and building your skill set and you will find things that you're you have strengths at absolutely but we've all got weaknesses, myself included. Everyone has weaknesses. I'm, I have to confess, I'm not particularly tidy, um, uh, but I have a very tidy husband, so it works very well in our house. <laughs> but um, so you all have strengths and weaknesses, and I think a part of our nurturing is to enable the children to find out what theirs are, and then they build their future on that, because you can do whatever you like when you know you have choices. Um, if you can find out your own strengths and weaknesses. Sometimes, sadly, we have to work harder at our weaknesses. Um, so that, again, you have to have a growth mindset to be a, determined to, to get over that. It was lovely to hear you talk just now, Lisa, and I was imagining the idea of spending half an hour working on uh, an open-ended maths question and getting to the end, and maths was absolutely not my forte and still isn't, and to still not have the answer. And then I thought, well, actually, as an adult right now, trying to navigate my way through the ever-changing <laughs> rules to do with social distancing and meeting up and what it might look like today and what it might look like tomorrow, actually, that can be very much applied to how we are currently navigating our way through life. Um, there's not necessarily always a one-size-fits-all answer, um, but it's about looking at the permutations and taking the learnings. So yes, it, I, you make me feel better already that I haven't got an, an exact fit answer. <laughs> it doesn't always need to be an answer. There doesn't always need to be that two and two make four. Yes. No, no, definitely doesn't. Certainly not with, uh, we've obviously put all our plans together and you visualize what's going to happen you know and it wasn't most of it was perfectly smooth yesterday but there's still a few things that we can tweak and that goes on throughout throughout whatever you're doing we, you're constantly learning as adults and moving on and, and as we're doing things and so you should always be moving things forward whether it's a business isn't it whether it's the children in the classroom the way that we're teaching what we're using you're constantly tweaking and improving and responding to the girls what their interests are what what their learning has been today so you're moving things on all the time and it would be the same as a parent obviously as well with you at home you'll be uh, thinking about where they are now and, and and how to move them forward so it's the same my girls are off my youngest daughter's off to university so uh <laughs> that new new stage so i will i shall be an empty nester <laughs> gosh you'll be able to do more mountain biking mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah, yeah. There might be an electric bike in the in the wings somewhere. If I could try and keep up with Mr. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Well, I think just the one theme that has run through and you gave a brilliant, um, not a list, but you shared loads of advice actually in what you said over the last sort of five minutes of, of ways that we can support our children. And I just think that open mindedness, that growth mind, uh, growth mindset that you mentioned, you know, to encouraging children and for us as parents and educators and business owners is just, yeah, invaluable for all of us and something I actually wish I knew about when I was at school <laughs> rather than thinking you either you know did it well or you didn't and that was it kind of the full stop was put there when you're aged eight nine ten whatever it might have been so thank you and you know good luck with whatever comes our way over the next few months with the school and the girls and also you know with your own children flying the nest as well um heading off to university it's been really good to speak to you Lisa thank you yeah thank you very much for taking the time to join us this morning I think we all had a good lesson in resilience before we even started this meeting to be there with the technical <laughs> challenges before us so thank you thanks for listening to freelance mum don't forget you can stay up to date with all the latest advice loads of friendly chats and support in our online group the mothership to find out more information check out freelancemum.k.uk subscribe like and share from whichever platform you get your podcast from and join us next week as we speak to another expert on an issue that's important to you thanks for listening bye, bye.